0: Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance
1: Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business.
0: In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: This season a Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Ava Gutierrez, a freelance writer who's helped other freelancers quit their jobs and reach their $10,000 per month writing goals.
0: This all happens inside of the client acquisition system, and Ava has a special gift for our listeners. Grab her training on how to make your first $10,000 from freelance writing at freelancewriterframework.com. Learn how to make your first $10,000
1: as a freelance writer, all while making sure you're working with ideal clients on projects that you actually
0: love. Go to freelancewriterframework.com to get access.
1: Meetings can be a huge problem for freelancers because so much of the intake process or Like if a client comes to you and like, hey, let's hop on a quick call to see if this is a fit. I feel like that, especially in the early days of my freelance writing career, was a huge, huge time investment. And it really chipped away at the time I could spend on doing the actual execution work, the actual writing. And I think that it still can sometimes be a problem. So I've had to set up a lot of boundaries around taking meetings and taking calls. So in this episode, you and I are going to get into how do you manage that? How do you keep tabs on not just constantly being at everybody else's beck and call when they're like, hey, let's get on a quick phone call or let's take a quick meeting because they're often just not quick at all. So my first question for you is like, how do you deal with meetings and how do you approach scheduling them and fitting them into your workload?
0: Yeah. First of all, I think it's worth noting that you and I, I think, have different perspectives on this, whereas like I actually like meetings and you're like, please don't put meetings on my calendar. I think just just <laughs> generally, like, and it's, it's good that we have those different perspectives to bring to this conversation. So for me, I have a fair amount of meetings and they fall into a few categories. So for every new client, I offer a 15-minute consult call. I always want to get on the phone with my clients. Not all freelance writers do this. Is it free? It's free. It's just, it's the 15-minute, they usually email me and I'm like, okay, let's jump on a call to talk about the project to see if it's a fit. And sometimes like it's not, and it's a waste of my 15 minutes, but I always keep those calls 15 minutes. That's just like part of my onboarding process. So I have those and I'll talk a little bit about how I manage my calendar afterwards. I have case study interviews. I do a lot of case studies for my clients, and so I'm interviewing their customers. And so those are scheduled, and they're on my calendar. And again, they're that's a formal meeting. And then the other thing that... I often have with clients is a kickoff call. I usually call with them a strategic discovery call, but it's an hour or an hour and a half where I am learning everything I can about their business, their goals. It's again, part of the onboarding process. I don't do it for every client, but I do it for clients where I really need to understand their business and their goals super well to do a good job. So like if... I am writing web copy for a software company. Like I need to really understand everything I can about their business. I need to know what other players on their team I need to talk to. If it's a case study project, often I want to have a kickoff call with my client to say like, what do you want me to ask your customer? Like, let's talk about what our goals of the case study are. What do we want to do here? And that's often because I only have one chance to talk to their customer and I want to make the most out of it. Another type of meeting I have is I have my freelance writing coaching intensives, which are in an hour and a half, which I spend with a freelance writer helping them with issues in their business. So all that's to say I have a fair amount of meetings, but it's not crazy. Like I will say my husband works a more typical Full-time job. And like he's in meetings all day, I swear. Mm -hmm. And my days are not like that. The way that I manage it is I use Calendly, which is a scheduling calendar app. There's like a ton of other ones, like Acuity Scheduling, and there are a ton of others. But it basically allows someone to schedule something using a link that I give them at a time that works for them. And I can set my availability directly so I can say, like, I'm available... Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 1. It syncs with my calendar, so there's no conflicts ever. And I found that that works really well for me. And I will say that over the years, I've experimented with, oh, I don't take any Mondays, any meetings rather on Mondays and Fridays. Tuesdays and Thursdays are the only days for meetings. Even now with my freelance coaching intensive, those always happen only on Fridays. There's some ways that I'm managing it, and it's changed over time. Lately, it's changed as a result of when my kid is in. Mm Childcare, Although now he's in full time, but previously he was not. Yeah. So how about for you? So for me, I really struggle to get into deep work on days when I have calls
1: or meetings because I feel like I structure my entire day around them. I find that they are something I stress out about. I don't really know why. It's just kind of how I'm wired, I guess. So I have really stuck to number one, Now I I block all of my meetings and calls on either one or two weekdays, usually nothing on Monday or Fridays, just because I like to use those days to really ramp up and ramp down the week. Um, I have just found that that works really well for me. But I've also tried to lean into the asynchronous model too, where I'll either do like a loom recording or an audio recording and go back and forth that way. So that we're not scheduling a call and trying to get on the phone at the same time. I've just found that what happens more often than not, and I I feel like this is just, I've been personally burned by this, is that I will open up a time for a meeting and I will sit there and be ready for the call. And then 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, oh, the person forgot or something came up, another meeting went over. And now I've invested all this time into preparing for this call that isn't going to happen. So, I have found that just having the asynchronous model is a lot more time effective. It's less intrusive to my workflow if I can do that. Obviously, not every client is open to that. And they're like, no, we want to do a face to face or we want to do it at this specific time because we're going to have multiple people on the call. I get it. Like, it doesn't always work. But I think having that asynchronous option has been a a big game changer for me as far as getting more control over my workday and Just minimizing the risk that sometimes comes from, okay, I'm going to set this pie of my day aside. And then that person doesn't show up and you've
0: suddenly lost, you know, an hour or more of your day. That's so interesting because I love when people don't show up to meetings because then I'm like, oh my (laughs) gosh, free hour. I'm like free hour. But I think what's happening for you is that you're preparing for it in like a way that actually stresses you out. Like you wake up in the morning, you see it on your calendar. You're like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. coming up. I got to be on. I, I got to make a good impression. Uh." I think a lot of people have that kind of anxiety feeling about it. And then, so when that person doesn't show up, you're like, Oh my gosh, like I spent all this time preparing. And then like, it didn't happen. And like, maybe it's because I'm in meetings very often. Maybe it's because of my individual personality but like I don't have that feelings at all like I just go into every day expecting that I'm going to probably have a couple of meetings. I just don't have that feeling which I think is why I don't part of why I don't mind having meetings. I do think what's worth talking about for every freelancer though is like what actually makes a good meeting and when is it worth going to one. So like that might be a little bit different for you versus me. Like I want to talk to every client that works with me on the phone for 15 minutes like period. I want to do that. Occasionally I won't do that, but like, I want to do that. That's something that sounds like it's not important to you. It's an additional stressor in your life. It doesn't need to happen. And I don't think, by the way, in saying that there's any right way, it's more just like, what's the right way for you based on who you are and the types of services you're offering, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that aspect of like, who you are and how you feel about the meetings. But then there's like, well, is the meeting actually useful? A case study interview, like, yes, you absolutely have to talk to somebody to make that happen. Like I, you can't just send somebody some questions over email, like an asynchronous model, like it doesn't work for that. But there are plenty of things where an asynchronous model works perfectly fine. And then the other aspect that I want to talk about with freelancers is about like making sure you're compensated for those meetings or that they're built into your process. So like I hear from a lot of freelancers that are like, you know, my client wants me in like five meetings a week and I don't need to be there, but their client is in the mode of they have lots of meetings. So they invite that freelancer. And I think you have to be really clear with your clients about like what's included and what's not in terms of meetings and also not be afraid to say like, Hey, I'm not coming to that meeting. It's not in scope for me to attend these meetings or if you want me to attend meetings, you know, you have to pay my hourly rate of x per hour to have me there. I think that's something that really comes up with meetings is whether or not they're in scope. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I think it's really important
1: to lay that out in the beginning and say I will commit to being on x amount of calls per month for x amount of minutes and just being very specific about that because especially with teams where you're working with multiple people who are in house that, like you said, can just be the norm. Like they can just be a very meeting centric company where that's the way they do things. And unless you want to be treated like one of their employees, you have to be clear about, Hey, I can't just like, I'm not on call for your meetings. You know, I will come to the essential ones, but here's kind of the qualifiers for what that looks like. And so Yeah, I think it's, it's really easy to fall into that trap of a client's like, Hey, can you get on the call, a call for 10 minutes? And you're like, Oh shit, I just got in the middle of this deep work I was trying to do. So like, what does your availability look like for those types of conversations and when you know, what's appropriate versus what's not.
0: Yeah, that's something that I hear about a lot, which is like, oh my gosh, they want to jump on a call right now. And like, that is a time where you need to exercise really strict boundaries about that. What I found makes it a lot easier is when clients have signed my proposal and we're ready to get started, I send them an email and it details like, here's what you can expect from me and here's what I expect from you. And in that email, I just actually pulled it up as you were talking because it was making me think about it. it like, I say, If you want to book a meeting, use my scheduling link and I link to it. And then I say, I'm not available to jump on a day of call, so plan accordingly. Like it's just like this short sentence that's like, hey, I'm not usually available to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a heads up, like, heads up, I can't do that. And I have other bullets there, of course, but I think so much of it is about like setting the stage for. What they can expect because they don't always know. Like, I think sometimes I hear freelancers talk disparagingly of clients who are like, he wants to be on the phone all day. And it's like, he doesn't necessarily know the boundaries of what that means. It's sort of like you have to teach him how to treat you in a sense. And like, yeah, it's annoying. It'd be great if all clients sort of understood intuitively how we all want to work together. But I don't think you need to be jumping on calls if you don't want to, unless, unless there's a need for it. Like I think in your case, if a client comes to you and they're like, Hey, you know, can we get on the phone and talk about this project? It's perfectly fine to say, I don't typically do intro phone calls. Here's all the info about working with me. Let me know if you have any questions via email and I'll be happy to answer them here. Right. And if they're not okay with that, then that also may be a red flag for you that they're not going to be a good fit as a client.
1: Yeah. And so that brings up another thing is that, you know, when a client, a potential client reaches out to me and they say, I'd love to get on the phone to see if we're a fit. One thing I've started doing is sending like a a pretty in-depth rundown of my expectations ahead of the call. It includes my rates, my workflow, my next available start date. And so again, like that's a filtering mechanism where if they don't align with me on those three core things, I'm not going to invest time in getting on the phone with them. So it's a little bit of proactive, Make sure that you are being strategic with the people you do get on the phone with. Make sure that you're not just tying up time because the thing that is so infuriating to me about meetings is that so often I've taken the time where they've made it through that filtering mechanism and invested 30 to 40 to 60 minutes in talking with someone and then they ghost me or they say, yeah, this actually isn't a good fit, or I just never hear from them again. And so I'm so frustrated about, okay, that's an hour of working time that I could have generated revenue with that you've just wasted. So that's I think where my anger comes that's from. That's so
0: interesting. I just don't see it like that at all. First of all, because I think I really limit those calls. Like they're scheduled for 15 minutes, but I do not let them go over for twenty minutes. Like I say, I mean, I even tell the White Live, like, I have another meeting to get to, I'll have to go, mm-hmm. but But also like I see it as a way of potential relationship building. So like if I'm not a good fit for them and they make it through that filtering that you talked about, which I do think is important to have, like great, I send them to somebody else that I know. Or if they're a total like jerk and I find that out, like great, now I know that it's so much easier to find that out in a phone call right off the bat, then sometimes you, sometimes you can't pick it up via email. Like to me, it's something for me. It's not something that I'm doing for them. Like I'm trying to figure out like, is this someone I want to work with? I think for you, you, it just sounds like for you, these meetings are so much more disruptive. Like for me, taking out 15 minutes is sort of like a welcome, (laughs) a welcome procrastination tool from having to write something that I'm working on. (laughs) I was just thinking like, maybe I'm not as busy as you and maybe people aren't as as demanding, I don't know.
1: I think it's a co- combination of me
0: getting really psyched up about the meetings in the first
1: place and then really wanting to spend my time during the workday doing a lot of deep work, whereas I feel like the calls are very disruptive to that. So I, I don't
0: know, I just find
1: myself like with a big aversion to scheduling them at all.
0: That's really interesting. I mean, we clearly have really different perspectives on them. And I mean, some of it is based on just the different types of work that we do and what we've been drawn to. Like, you can't write a case study without doing an interview. Like I said earlier in the call. So for you, you're like, okay, that's not something that I'm going (laughs) to lean into as a service because, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to psych myself up for doing a case study interview. Like, it sounds like for you, that would be like hell if you had to do that every day. For me, like, I'm like, oh, I like that, which I mean, that's why we're offering those types of services. I feel like this has been a theme to our conversations this season
1: is like, how well do you know yourself? You know, like how do you work best and really taking the time to figure that out and having that be a secret to success is like really understanding how you do your best work and then leaning into that.
0: Yeah, I think you're totally right. Like so much of it is about like, well, do you enjoy talking to people in meetings? Like, is that something you want to incorporate more of into your work? For me, as someone who's fairly social, like, Those are lifeline kind of conversations for me, for other people, not so much. And I agree with you that so much of it is about figuring out what works for you and where they fit. And it's not, you know, when I, when I take more meetings than you, it doesn't mean that every meeting I take is a slam dunk either. Right. Although I do think in meetings, there are ways to make them go well, which I think is worth discussing, especially for those who are maybe more like you and get themselves psyched up. Like, I think I see meetings as, like, a conversation about where things stand. Like, I'm not someone, I mean, when I go into a case study interview, I'm like, this is an interview. It's not a meeting in a way where like I have the questions prepared and they're written down and I have a little spiel I give where I say, hey, here's how the call is going to go today. And actually I think that's something that if you're leading the meeting or even if you're not, you can kind of take control of the meeting by saying like, hi, it's so nice to chat with you today. This is my goal for this call. I want to get to know you and understand what you're looking for. And then I'm happy to answer questions for you about me and my services. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a call with like a subcontractor that's working for me or other writers. And it's almost like they're like, hi. And it's like awkward, right? Like <laughs> They they sort of aren't. It's almost like you need a little bit of a script, but I don't want to say script because that sounds too robotic, but it's like I think that there is like a format that you can follow of like set the context of like why are you on this call, what you hope to get out of this call, ask them if they have any questions, and maybe you have a series of questions that you're asking them every time on an intro meeting call. With my kickoff calls, I tend to bring the same questions every time, same with the case study interviews, as I noted earlier, because you want to make the most out of the time that you have with somebody.
1: Yeah, and I liked that you mentioned earlier the tactic of, oh, well, I have another call coming up. That's a good way to wrap up the conversation. I found that when I get on the phone, one of the very first things I say to keep that top of mind with them is like putting it on in their court, but saying something like, I wanna be really respectful of your time, so I'm gonna dive right in. I'm gonna try to fit this within 15, 20 minutes and just framing it that way to keep them on topic. I f- have found to be a really great tool for limiting the tangents and stuff that can make those calls really spin out into an hour conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely saying like, hey, I'm hoping to keep this to 15 minutes in the interest of being respectful of your time too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting thing because there are boundaries that I think we all need to put up around our time and how we manage them, but we all sort of have different expectations for how meetings might fit into our our freelance life. And I'd be curious to hear what other freelancers have to say about this.
1: Yeah, I hope that we get some some feedback from listeners on on how they handle it, but I think the general thing to note here is that it's different for everyone. A lot of it has to do with how do you work best? maybe you need the asynchronous model maybe you need a calendly tool and you you block your meetings for one day or maybe you take them as they come i think it's just it really just varies based on how people work best and and it takes some experimentation to figure that out
0: yeah absolutely and i do think that there are tools to help like i think being really deliberate about your calendar and when you take meetings is a really good way to get this under control no matter no matter what your stance is, right? I mean, you've sort of developed the strategy of like, oh, I'm going to make a day that's just the meeting day and I'm going to stack them all together. And for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to schedule cert- these these certain hours on, on my calendar so that they're scheduled at times where I know I can make it. Because that can be stressful too when things get put on your calendar and you're like, ah, I had a doctor's appointment, right? Right.
1: Yeah, or like, you know that you don't do well on phone conversations early in the morning because you're not quite woken up yet, at your most alert, like you have to be mindful of those things. One other question I wanted to ask you, I was thinking about this as you were talking, is there any phrase or framing or model that you found to make meetings really successful as far as efficient and especially if it's with a new client, is there anything you found that makes you get the green light more often than not?
0: Well, I think for a sales call, not necessarily except being like very transparent and asking them a lot of questions like, tell me why this is a problem for you. Tell me about what you're looking for. Have you worked with freelancers in the past? What happened? Why was it good? Why was it not good? Um, And giving them the opportunity to share and really listening I think is an important part of doing those sales calls. In terms of like productive meetings, I found that like one of the most Helpful things I can do is like basically set an agenda or set a goal for what the meeting is. Like my goal today is to get everyone on the same page so that after this meeting, I know exactly what deliverables you need from me. And so setting that tone at the beginning helps people stay on track or like with a case study of like my goal today is to learn about your business and your business's relationship with this other business so I'm going to be asking you a ton of questions about that today and everything we do is to that end so okay bye right um so I, I do think just like setting the stage for what the expectations are and what you hope to get out of the meeting is really great at the beginning and then even asking too like what is there anything else you hope to get out of this meeting that I've missed right
1: yeah that's a great way again to position yourself as a professional too. Is to like before the call even starts send over the agenda and the objective and all that because then it really just shows that you have your stuff together and and you're taking the lead on the project rather than waiting for a prescriptive here's what we need you to do like go into it saying here's what we're going to accomplish taking the lead on the direction and the scope of of the project moving forward
0: Yeah. And I do think that's a switch that people have to make in terms of like how they see themselves as a freelancer. Of like, if you're just an order taker, then someone orders you to be in a meeting and then you show up, whether it's useful or not. And so much of growing your career and becoming a successful freelancer is about recognizing you should be in the driver's seat of basically how you run your business. Right. Absolutely. I think that that's kind of a nice
1: note to end things on is just, just remembering to be really cognizant of what meetings are what they do to your schedule what they do to your workflow how they fit into your business model and again like asking yourself at the end of the day how can you work best how can you be most efficient and how can you experiment with things to find out what makes meetings really successful so much of what we talk about in every single episode comes back to that idea of like trial and error experiment figure it out
0: absolutely
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach
0: Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.